0: Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth Podcast. To stay connected, go to RevivalToday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan.
1: Well, last last year when I came here, I was four months in to the Lord altering my assignment a bit or adding something to it, where I had been an evangelist for uh, 20 years, and then the Lord called me to pastor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I wondered how we were going to be able to keep both things going, because both things require 100% of your life. So when stuff happens like happened today, it makes me very happy. We had 164 students come to our youth group tonight, and 107 first-time decisions for Jesus Christ. You have the pictures, Ben? There it is. That was just a few hours ago. Pack that building out. There's my nephew, the youth pastor, T's. Great job, Jay and Maddie. Laid hands on everybody. Uh, go back one picture. That young lady started coming to the youth group. She identified as a, a man and then got, got saved and delivered and uh, went off the hormones and all that stuff. And then the rest of her family came to church to see the change. not that awesome? Keep, keep going. Whether you people are enjoying this or not, I wanna see what's going on back at home base. <laughs> Good. So that was what the Lord, the Lord had added that to our assignment. And now it's, you know, I would have been happy if our church was at 164 people a year and a half in, let alone just the youth group. And then now the Lord in July spoke to us to start another location in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I'm going to kick it off. Pastor Lou and I share something in common. We try to do the opposite of what the Christian leadership in the country tell you works so when you start a church, you're supposed to do what's called a soft launch, which is like kind of like you feel out the area. Come back a month later. We're going to do what's called a hard launch. So we're going to do 21 days of meetings to start it. There's a pastor named Bob. Rod, uh, sorry, Bob Nichols. He pastored in Fort Worth for a long time, 40 years, 40 plus years. And he told me that um, when I told him I was going to start a church, he said, "If you're going to start a church down here, don't swat at it. Hit it." Well, that's Texas talk for let it rip, both barrels. Yeah. He said this place, so that, that's such a great thing to hear that 86-year-old man say, because that in a picture is what's happened in America. People swat at the ministry. Yeah. When really, if there should ever be a time where we're going both barrels, it's now. Amen? Yeah. So for you and everybody that's watching online, I want to welcome you uh, to join us October 1st through the, whatever the last Friday is, 19th or 20th. And we have the information. It'll show you where to register. But here's the preview ad that we've been running. Go ahead and roll it, Brother Ben. Tonight's the turning point. Tonight's where Revival Today Church goes multi-city. This is the greatest hour of the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to watch it happen. You're a part of it happening in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, America's going to get shaken one more time by the mighty power of God. And you're going to be a part of it, in Jesus' mighty name. I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will glorify them and they shall not be small. They will not be few, they will not be small. When the breath of God hits in full blast, this nation is going to be shaken and it'll never recover from it. And you're going to be a part of it in Jesus' name. The devil's never going to take the Lone Star State in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? So there it is, rtcregister.com. If you're watching uh, anywhere in the world and you want to be there October 1st, through the, I believe the Friday's the 19th. I'd love to have you. RTCregister.com. It's free to attend. I was born in the 1980s when it was free to go to church and you didn't sell tickets. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Once, not you, if you have your Bibles, open them with me to Galatians chapter three. Welcome everybody that's here. People that drove in from in town, people that drove from far away. God's going to bless you tonight. Amen. Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians chapter three, verse five, the apostle Paul wrote, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ in the same way. Do me a favor while I read this in the new living, since I already have it in the new living, uh, put it up behind me in the King James, because I'm going to refer to that from time to time. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The true seed of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed the gospel to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under its curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear, no one can be made right with God. By trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, the just shall live by faith. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. 13. But Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. 14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit by faith. Listen to 13 and 14 again. But Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing that he promised Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit by faith. And one more time in verse 13. But Christ has redeemed us from what? The curse of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that Christ redeemed us from all the curse of the law. When I grew up in church, and when most of you grew up in church, they didn't teach that you were redeemed from all the curse of the law. They taught that Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins and to go to heaven, which is true. But it doesn't say that. It includes more. And the best way I can describe it I might have used this earlier in the week. I like this because this is a true story. A man from Ireland saved up money to send all of his family to uh, America, then stayed behind to save up money so that he could join them in America. So when he bought his ticket, he was in his room. He packed crackers and he packed water and was just eating crackers and drinking water on the voyage over from, from Europe to America. And he got a knock on his door about five days into the journey. And it was the captain. The captain said, I was just making sure you're okay. He said, I'm okay. He said, well, we haven't seen you at any of the meals. And so the man, you know, very sheepishly, because he felt bad, you know, nobody wants to tell anybody they're poor. He said, well, to be honest with you, I'm not sick or anything, but it took all my money to send my family over to America. And he said, it took all my money to get a ticket for me to go to, to America And so I packed some food and I'm eating in here. You won't see me at any meals. The captain said, let me see your ticket. And when he took the ticket, he read the back. This sounds like a preacher uh, made up story. It's a real story. The captain said, look here. And when he showed him included in the ticket price was a meal at the captain's table for all of the voyage. Lobster tail, beef wellington. Everything the captain was eating, the best food, was already included in the ticket. And that guy was up in his room eating crackers and water because he never took the time to read what belonged to him. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've Every time one of those terms of service agreements pops up on my computer or phone, I just click agree, continue. I have read. But I'll tell you, I've never done that with the, and most people have done that with the Bible. Whatever's in there, I believe it. But it would do you good at some point. To read the Bible and see what belongs to you. They say that 95% of pastors have never read the Bible through one time. And if you have Facebook Live, you would see that that's true. Amen. (laughs) And then about 97% of congregants. One thing, and I'm not saying this to make myself seem like some amazing person. I'm just telling you something that I know the Holy Spirit uh, did to help me out in life. I was six years old. I had just learned to read, and I was going to turn seven that year. I was like six and a half and in our Assemblies of God church, they had these light blue cards out in the lobby where you could check the box. They had the Bible broken down into 365 daily readings. And so I saw that. And in my six-year-old brain, now, you know, what we have? Three or four channels back then. I don't even know if I had Fox yet. We had ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS. That was it. And so uh, there wasn't much to do. I had to be in it dark. So it's not, not like I was like, there's no video games, nothing. So I saw that, and I know now it was the Holy Spirit. When I saw that card, I like to collect baseball cards. And I felt like, hey, that looks like a baseball card checklist. If you ever collected baseball cards, there was one card that came in where you could check off which cards you had and which ones you need. So in my little six-year-old brain, I thought... If I read one of those every day, I'll I'll do that and check the box. That was my idea of entertainment. You know, plus we were Pentecostal. And if you were Pentecostal, you were a light bulb and a chrome bumper away from being Amish back then. (laughs) Nothing was allowed. So I started doing that. I never told anybody. I started reading the thing. My whole motivation was just to check the box. Obviously now at 42, knowing what I know, I know the Holy Spirit was preparing me for what my life was going to be. Well, my dad found out one day when he came off the road. My mom told him, you know, your son has been up in his room. She found the card all checked off. He's been reading his Bible, a daily reading, every day to read the Bible through. So my dad came in. He said, son, your mother told me that you've been reading the Bible through every day. I said, yeah. He said, if you do that every day till you're 16, I'll buy you a car. Well, my favorite show at that time was Knight Rider. So when my dad said that, I lit up. I thought I was going to get a talking car with missiles and a turbo boost and could jump traffic. If I didn't know I was going to get a 1990 Chevy Lumina with bad gears, I may not have been as motivated. So I read it. When I was 10 years old, I, I altered the deal with my dad because I read King James. I said, Dad, can I do this one-year Bible instead where you read the New Testament through and Psalms and Proverbs twice? And he agreed. So I switched after reading it through four or five times. I did the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs And I read the Bible. Well, in reading the Bible, it did something for me. If on my way to Bible school, my dad said, how many scriptures do you have memorized? I had two scriptures I could quote and part of a third. And my dad said, all that time reading the Bible, and you you can only quote two scriptures, but then you notice me quoting it now. You learn something. That Bible is a supernatural book. It doesn't go into your head. It goes into your heart. And then when you need it, it comes out of your spirit, out of your mouth and becomes the sword of the spirit. And I'll tell you another thing that the Bible's done that's that's helped me out. When you ingest the word of God, one thing that it does is it gives you like a divine buzzer on the inside of you that anytime somebody says something that's opposite the word of God, it's like a red light goes on. That's not true. And it's like, it'll kick up the contrary scripture. I remember the first time it happened. I was 10 years old. In Christian school, fourth grade. And my teacher uh, got mad at me for laughing. I used to get in trouble for laughing. Only in Christian school, public school, you never got in trouble for laughing. But Christians hate joy or happiness by and large. So uh, she said, Jonathan, come out in the hall. I came out in the hall and uh, she said, she was mad. She was in her early 20s. She went, it's not good for you to be laughing all the time. Well, when she said that, I probably should have kept my mouth shut. But I thought, no, that doesn't sound right. Uh, Yeah, I shouldn't laugh and disrupt class. But I said, no, that's not true. I said, the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. Well, that was not the secret to making her happier. I mean, you're at Christian school and you, you showed her up with the Bible. Well, she did what every Christian does when you show them in the Bible that they're wrong. That's not what it means. I said, what else could it mean? So when I said that, this is the other card people pull on you. And I want the, the youth that are here to hear this. She said, you're laughing now because you're a child. But one day you're going to grow up. You're going to get married. Not to you. So I'm still in the clear. Imagine telling. I mean, how demonic a thing to say to a 10-year-old. You're happy now, but let me just prophesy some things straight from Beelzebub into your spirit. You're happy now, but one day that's all going to change. You're going to grow up. She said, you're going to get married. You're going to have bills. You're going to have insurance. And life's not going to be so funny. Who in their right mind would talk to a 10-year-old like that? Let alone a Christian. That's like something Charles Manson would say. And she said that to me. But you know, while she was saying it, another scripture came up. Surely good. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And so I like to say, if that was the devil's attempt to try to get me to lose my joy at 10 today, I'm 42. I am married. I have insurance. I have 34 full-time employees and the joy I have at 42 would put the joy of the 10-year-old to shame because joy wasn't there because of the world or my circumstance. God gives you joy. You get joy in salvation and that joy the world didn't give you and the world can't take it away. If you receive that tonight, let the Lord know that you're happy that you've received that joy, joy unspeakable full of glory. Can you say amen? Amen. There's another uh, story, like I told that ship story. Let me tell another one. There's a pastor in England. His name was Charles Spurgeon. He's in heaven now. This was in the late 1800s. So he's doing rounds. He had a 6,000 person church in London back when 200 was a mega church. And so he goes to visit poor people in his congregation. So there's a lady, in an apartment with a dirt floor in London, in the bad part of London. And she's saying, I don't have food, you know, and things have been really hard. I'm widowed. My, my my son died. It's just me. I have no way to make money. And while she's going on, he just starts looking around her apartment. And so she he looks up on the wall, and there's a beautiful piece of parchment with calligraphy, you know, and he takes it off the wall, starts reading it. And he goes, uh, where did you get this? She said, oh, a guy gave it to me as a gift. She said, I used to be a caretaker for an older man. And when he died, he left this to me. So I, he said, have you ever read it? She said, I'm illiterate. I can't read. He said, She said, I just framed it and put it up on my wall. He said, would you mind if I borrowed this for the rest of the week? She said, sure. So he took it to his lawyer and had him read it. That man that she took care of had left his entire In the late 1800s, multi-million pound estate. If somebody left you several million British pounds now, you'd be in good shape. Back then, when when, when you're talking about a home being less than a $1,000, 1,000 pounds, left her his entire estate. But because she couldn't read and thought it was art, she framed it on the wall and was asking the church to send her benevolent money so she can get food. Did you know that this Bible, to a lot of people, is just art? It's something to put on your coffee table, buy a big copy of, and with a cross on it. But if you'll take this thing and read it, there's many people that are begging for food and healing and deliverance. When you, If you find out you've already been left an inheritance from heaven that covers everything you'll ever face in life. I pray tonight is the night that you find out God has left you a piece of paper that's going to set you free from all the attack of the devil. Come on, if you receive that one more time, Clap your hands. Give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Can you shout aloud, Amen? Amen. Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14. This is the pinnacle scripture in the Bible. But Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. He didn't just forgive your sin, He didn't just get you a boat trip from Ireland to America. Or from earth to heaven. He took care of a bunch of things on your journey along the way. If you were preaching in a country where it's illegal to preach, like Pakistan, and you got arrested, and then I came, you know, let's make it somebody that would be more helpful. (laughs) Let's say that, that America, let's say we had a different president and they actually came to rescue you. And they sent a Navy SEAL team after you. And they blew a hole in that prison wall. And then knocked your chains off. And said you're free to go. You would be very thankful. But then if they said you're free to go and ran off, you're still in the middle of Islamabad. You got no way home. You can't Uber back to Oregon. So you would be thankful they broke you out. But you're still behind enemy lines. In major trouble. In danger of being rearrested. So if all Christ did was free us, when we get saved, we don't die. You know, if you prayed the sinner's prayer and just dropped dead and went to heaven, that'd be different. Thank God for heaven. Thank God that Christ made a way to heaven. But you're still behind enemy lines on this earth. But thank God he's not stupid. He didn't just break you out of the prison. He made provision to take you from where you are now. To conquer everything that comes your way and to make heaven your eternal home. I'm not just preaching this tonight so that you know about it. Tonight there's going to be a gift that comes alive in you called the gift of faith. And where you are weak, the strength of God is going to rise up inside of you. And you're going to conquer the things that used to conquer you. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God. Today marks an end of all your sorrows in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, can you say amen? Go back to the book of Acts. Who wrote the book of Galatians? Paul. So we don't, we know what he preached. Because he preached in the book of Acts. And he wrote those epistles that gave revelation. Acts chapter 14. Say it out loud: Christ has redeemed me has redeemed from, all the curse of the law. from all the curse of the law. So this will show you. That when Paul preached the gospel, he didn't just preach, you can be saved and go to heaven. What about I'm sick? Well, that's, that's, you know, one day when you go to heaven, you'll get a perfect body. Obviously, he didn't preach like that because you're going to see what happened when he preached. Acts chapter 14, verse 8. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. I want you to picture that, not uh, us not just glance over verses like that. If you've ever had anybody that got in a motorcycle accident or had an accident when they were younger on a trampoline and got paralyzed, if you don't exercise your legs or your arms or anything else, there's no nurse coming in, turning you over or moving you. That can help you not get bed sores, but there's no substitute for you moving your own limbs. So what happens is the muscles start to what? Atrophy. So like it's like me. With these legs, they would soon turn into legs like this. And so if this man has never walked, he's a grown man, but was crippled in his feet since birth and had never walked. I want you to picture this guy sitting in the dirt. They didn't have wheelchairs back then. And when you go overseas and preach, you can still see it now. They would sit cross-legged, tie their ankles together with a wrap, and scoot on the ground like that. So picture this guy with twig legs, that don't even have the physical strength to walk, sitting in the ground, listening as Paul preached. Paul hasn't prayed for him. Paul hasn't anointed him with oil. But Paul tells his revelation of the gospel that I just read you in Galatians 3, that there was a curse of the law and Christ redeemed us of the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. Paul said that he took delight in preaching the simplicity of the cross. So when this man listened to it, He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. He had been that way from birth, so he never walked. He was sitting, verse 9, and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. Well, where did that man get the faith to be healed from? Was there Christian radio back then? No. Was there Christian TV? No. CDs? Nothing. So where is the only place faith comes from? Faith comes f- faith comes by hearing. and hearing by the word of God. And we know from the book of Acts, nobody had ever preached the gospel there before. So the faith that this man got to be healed came from Paul preaching. So obviously Paul wasn't preaching, though you're crippled, you can go to heaven. Paul was preaching something that would make a crippled man that had never heard about Christ before think to himself, if what this man's saying is true, and I believe it is, Because he had faith. The Bible doesn't say he had unbelief. He was believing what he heard Paul preach. Paul noticed him and realized this man has faith to be healed. I've been dealing because I know there's young people calling to the ministry. I've been dealing with this while I'm here. One secret to ministry, don't focus on who's not getting it. Focus on who's getting it. If you focus on who isn't getting it, you'll get depressed and be out of the ministry in a year. Focus on people that are receiving the word. How did Paul know that man had faith? The Bible says in the Old Testament, the in, in the book of Psalms, the entrance of his words Bring light. And I've seen it. When somebody's receiving the word, they start sitting for it on their seat. And their eyes go bright. And you can tell they're getting it into their spirit. So Paul wasn't looking at who wasn't getting it. Paul noticed who's getting it. And he sees that man who has that bright light in his eye and realized he has faith to be healed. And what did Paul do? Like you see me do. He stopped right in the middle of his message. Preaching is not an end to itself. Nobody closed a sermon in the Bible. Lord, give us traveling mercies as we go our separate ways. Jesus taught then preached, then healed. The purpose of preaching is to preach faith into people's spirit till they start reaching out and grabbing from the power of God the thing that the Bible says is theirs. Paul noticed him and realized he had faith to be healed and called out to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Brother Ben, just cause I'm preaching on miracles. Do you know that clip we have for me being on the road where all the people are giving their testimonies one after another? Yeah, you do. It's the evangelistic one. Yeah, play that one. Cause it'll give you a clip. Cause I want to show you these things didn't never died out. You know, it'd be like if you were a barber and your business started going down. So rather than figure out how to turn your business around, you just say, well, people don't want haircuts anymore. Hair's not being cut anymore. No. So people do that. Because people aren't getting healed, they just say, well, I guess that doesn't happen today. When really, turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark the ninth chapter. Verse 14. In the Gospels. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Anybody getting anything out of this tonight? When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What's all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit sees at them, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth. And grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but not they would not do it, they could not do it. And when we finish the chapter, we'll see they they were confused. Jesus, why were we not able to cast out the evil spirit? And you'll see Jesus' answer. He'll say, Well, you shouldn't have been doing that anyway. I'm the Messiah. Only I can do that. No, he tells them what their problem was because he had already given them. They weren't operating unauthorized. He had already sent them out to heal all manner of sickness and disease. But then when they went to do it, there was a type of problem that they weren't able to overcome. And it's the same today. And so people, now there's no Jesus to ask. So people, well, I guess sometimes God doesn't want people to be well. Sometimes God has a different plan. Amen. We don't understand why. That's not in the Bible. What God says to one, he says to all. It is the right, not just of every believer. It is the right. Jesus didn't die for Christians. There were no Christians to die for when he died. It is the right of every man and woman to receive healing for their total man while they're here on earth. Jesus paid a high price so that the things that torment your body and torment your mind, you can be whole from it today in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said to them, you faithless people. These guys make it sound like if you don't get healed, it's because you don't have enough faith. That's, usually, that's what Jesus did. I don't know why people don't ever want to put anything on themselves. Why not just say, Lord, work on my faith. And then if you do, you know what the Lord's going to tell you? Open that book. There was a great preacher that was friends with our family. He had great results. And one time another preacher, because people always want to get let off the hook, especially preachers. He said, you you know, you tell everybody they can be healed, and it happens in your meetings. But he said, you have to remember, everybody doesn't have your faith. And he said, that's right. But everybody has my Bible, and that's where I got the faith. Faith is not some special rare gift. Blessed are they that are hungry and thirsty after me, for they shall be filled. I pray that one of the results, not only of this week of meetings, but of this night in particular, is a voracious hunger for the Word of God would enter back in to the Christians of Oregon and Washington and California. I want to know what belongs to me. I'm not clicking have read and I agree. I'm going to read it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak it. And I'm going to have just what it says. If that sounds like you, let God hear your hand clap tonight. Up your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long's this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water. It would say often. often. This was a recurring problem. So here's some side points that I'm not even preaching on tonight. Just because something has happened continually in your life, that you can, there is a heavenly shutoff valve to that problem. You can have a problem your whole life. That man was crippled in his feet from birth but it, and had never walked. But when Paul called out to him and said, stand up, immediately. Everybody say immediately. immediately. How many of you know we want things now, but God's a God of process. That's not a scripture. I mean, I'm mocking it and you still hear people in the crowd just on autopilot. That's right. No, it's not right. The word immediately is used 55 times in the Bible. All of them are in the New Testament and many of them are used in the life and miracle ministry of Jesus and his followers. And immediately the man saw. In fact, no one came to Jesus with a problem and still had that problem 24 hours later. Even the one people like to use that a man was blind. Jesus put mud in his eyes and told him to wash it off. And when he washed it off and came back, He said, I see men as trees walking, same day. And Jesus ministered to him again, and his eyes became clear. God does not have a desire for you to remain with your problem one more day. I'm sorry for any preacher that's told you sometimes God uses those things to refine us, I've got news for you from Genesis to Revelation. God is the same. He does not teach by destruction, He teaches by instruction. He doesn't teach by cancer, He teaches by His Word. In the name of Jesus, I loose that shutoff valve tonight that your long standing battle comes to an end in the name of Jesus Christ. You don't have to put up with it one more day. He often throws them into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus said. Here's a great scripture in the Bible. All things are possible to him who believes. Many of you may know the scripture, Matthew 19, 26. Humanly speaking, it's impossible, but never with God. For with God, all things are possible. But this is a stronger scripture. Because people like that, yes, God can do it. But now God's putting it in your court. If thou can't believe, do something if you can. Say this out loud. If. The language of unbelief. You know, I preached a whole Wednesday night Bible study at our church on that. Kids pay attention. And kids, like 10-year-old me, like to trap adults in something they've said before. Anybody have any children that have done that to you? Anybody have a child that's done it to you at dinner with guests? But mom, you said you don't like her. Uh, Ah, So I preach because there's a subheading in the Dake Bible. It's called if the language of unbelief. You know, what do you mean if the language of unbelief? I grew up in church where they would put a list of people on the screen that were sick. We're going to pray for those that are sick and need healing. They're going to put the list of names up, and then they'd pray. And in Pentecostal church, they'd pray. They prayed like you were getting paid for the prayer based on how much sweat you evoked. (laughs) And they'd pray a great anointed prayer. Father, you see those names on there. We ask you to take Sister Mary out of that cancer ward. And healer, we know you're able. We know you part of the sea, and They'd go on and on. Then at the very end of the prayer, it's like they wanted to cover themselves in case the person didn't get healed. No one could blame them. We know you can do it. But if it not be your will, we understand. And you could feel the anointing lift. And it's like you were getting into it and they go, what was that end part? Because if is the language of unbelief. It, unbelief is not a small thing to God. The Bible says the sin of the world is their unbelief in me. Unbelief is a spirit. That's why Jesus never comforted people that had unbelief. He rebuked unbelief. Mark chapter, Turn to Mark chapter 6. Put a marker in Mark chapter 9. I was going to cover part of the faith message, but I feel like I might do the whole thing. Mark chapter 6. How many of you believe if God wants it to be done, it's going to happen no matter what? Then you got a problem. You better be careful what you say yes to. (laughs) Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. But it's not the good kind of amazed. They asked. Where did he get all his wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Not because he didn't have power, because they, who do you think you are? You were a carpenter two years ago. You were in Carpentry Union 101. All of a sudden, you're the Messiah, not buying it. And what happened? Because they wouldn't receive him, as a prophet or as the Messiah. And Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, in one translation it says, in brackets after, their stubborn refusal to believe he was who he said he was. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick and see him recover. I believe if God wants to do it, it'll happen in his time. This shows you that you play a role. There is a reason Jesus was rebuking the father uh, of that boy that was deaf. You can't force miracles on people. You can't run around and say, now you're getting healed whether you want to or not. Anymore, you go up to someone and say, "Yeah, you're going to become a Christian today. I don't want to. Too bad you come to the altar right now. (laughs) This is not Islam. God doesn't override people. You have a choice to say, I don't believe that. Then it won't won't work for you. But that's why Smith Wigglesworth, that great British evangelist, they say when he'd stir himself up in the anointing preaching, he'd pop into that song, only believe, only believe. All things are possible, only believe. That's why you preach before you pray. Faith comes by and hearing by the word. Apparently, that man in Acts 14 made an opposite decision. He was saying, who's this guy babbling on, yelling about something? But then as he listened, he didn't say, well, if that's so true, why am I crippled? He said, I believe what this guy says. And Paul, noticing he had faith to be healed, called to him in a loud voice and told him to stand up. And Jesus could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. I'm going to tell you a story. This really happened. My uncle Ted is an evangelist. He was preaching at a place and there were people getting healed of major things. So one guy that got healed, this is why the healing ministry is awesome. Because it stirs people to to not just when they get healed, be healed, but they go out and tell other people. So this guy drove four hours, picked up his mother who was death, stone death, and brought her to the meeting. And told her by sign language that people were getting healed, that were deaf in this meeting. He went by faith. That's faith. Faith is an action. Faith can be seen. Jesus seeing their faith when they lowered the man through the roof. You can see faith. Drives four hours. Picks his mother up. Drives her back. And so she's in the service. He brings his mom up to get prayed for by my uncle. God opens both ears. They hold, they hold an old-fashioned watch up to her ear. And she can hear the watch tick. Whole place is clamping. Service gets over 20, 30 minutes later. My Uncle Ted's getting ready to leave. That big guy that was a factory worker comes back. He said, can you help me out? My mother locked herself in the car. So my uncle, you know, we weren't always saved. He went to get a wire coat hanger to, to, to help pop the car open. But then as he was going to get it, he thought to himself, well, if she, if she locked herself in the car, just have her unlock it and get herself out. He said, No. She locked herself in the car on purpose because she's mad. He said, about what? Well, she, when she was walking out of the auditorium, both her ears went deaf again. He said, well, she was just hearing a watch tick 30 minutes ago. What happened? He said, I don't know. We were walking out of the service, and I said, hey, Mom, isn't it great that Jesus opened up both your ears? And she said, I hope it lasts. And he said, when she said, I hope it lasts, both ears closed up. Because unbelief opens the door to the devil. But faith opens the door to the unbridled power of God. And tonight, the word of faith is being preached into your spirit. The door of faith is going to open into your life the miracle working power of God. If you receive that tonight, take 15 good seconds. Do what the Bible says. Oh, clap your hands. All ye people, shout unto God. Somebody say I have faith. If it not be your will, Lord. If the language of unbelief. Because the Bible doesn't speak in maybes. It speaks in definite. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Will, not might. Lay your hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover, not might recover. So when you take that scripture and somehow get out of it, if it doesn't work, what happens if you don't have faith? You have faith. If I get back to Mark chapter 9, what was the problem with the Father? Let's go right now. Mark chapter 9. Anybody feel faith rising in Oregon tonight? Mark 9. What do you mean if I can? All things are possible. To him who believes. What a powerful scripture. Not some things. All things are possible. To him who believes. If God, I I think I did this earlier this week. If God's standing up here on this platform with all power. When you believe his word, he invites you to stand up next to him and become a commander of his power. Can you say amen? amen? Moses, I'll give you this rod and make you as a god to Pharaoh. What you say goes. I'll give you my authority. That was under the old covenant. And then now we have a better covenant based on better promises. All things are possible to him who believes. How many of you have been here in the morning at 10 a.m.? That's why we've been talking that about that about the devil. doesn't say to fight the devil. The only fight that the Christian is engaged in is the fight the good fight the what? Good fight of faith. Hold fast your confession. Hang on to the words you've received. In the face of seeming overwhelming opposition. In the face of impossibility. Refuse to back off of what you know God said. I know what God said. I have what God said. I'll walk in what God said. And there's not a thing the devil can do about it. Somebody say, I have faith. I I do. All things are possible to him who believes. The father instantly cried out. I do believe. He wasn't lying. But there's another part. But help me with my unbelief. And that's where people are at. You know, you would have stormed out 30 minutes ago. I don't believe any of this. You wouldn't have come tonight. But what happens is people have some. I think there's something to that faith message. But then at the same time, that's your problem. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man expect to receive anything from God. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Anybody have a King James or a New King James? New Living Butchers and all that. There's asterisks everywhere. Thanks, brother. I'm saying brother like brother in Christ, not like a racial thing. James 1. James chapter 1. Verse 5. Listen to this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and upbraideth not. What does that mean? God is never in heaven saying, who do you think you are trying to get faith in a miracle tonight after all you've done? This is your first service back in church. That's not him. He gives liberally. I preached a message at our church. It's a wonder we have anyone in our church. It was called the smartest prostitute who ever lived. The story of Rahab. I've been telling you about unbelief. I'm going to tell you something about faith. And it'll help you understand God. In fact, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. It's only back about a page or two, to the left. Hebrews 11. If you would put it up in the King James on the screen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen in the amplified, and the conviction of their reality. Somebody say conviction. conviction. Of their reality. When you're convinced by faith that something's real, you act strange, strange in the natural. I was in my Uncle Ted's meeting one time when I was 19. In the middle of his sermon, he picked up one of those bronze-looking offering plates with the burgundy felt on the bottom. I thought, wow, you're going to take an offering right in the middle of your message? And he said, anybody that's deaf or hard of hearing and has a hearing aid, I'm going to pass this around and put put your hearing aid in it. I thought, well, i never heard of that before. Everyone did it. Then he said, now everyone that's done it, after he clicked at the hearing aids, he said, everybody come forward. There was about 31 people. Some born deaf. Some Vietnam veterans that from gunfire lost their hearing. Factory workers that lost hearing in one ear, both ears from being around planes or whatever. And everybody stood up there. And he went down the line, and every person's ears came open. That's right. So that's not... If it be thy will. That's here. Put your hearing aids in the plate and then stand here. And God's going to open every person's ear. Yeah, you start speaking differently. You start calling those things that are not. As though they are. Something's going to come alive in you tonight. And it's not going to stay here when you leave. It's going to go home with you. It's called faith. You're going to start saying different things out of your mouth. That God is making every crooked path straight. That God's making streams in the desert. That the devil's not going to have the final say in my life. God's going to have the final say. I'm coming in to my victory today in Jesus' name. (laughs) Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Pause there. Say this out loud. Hope is the blueprint. Hope is the blueprint. Faith, builds the house. faith builds the house. One more time. Hope is the blueprint. Hope is the blueprint. But faith builds the, house. faith builds the house. Well, I hope my economic condition improves. Well, at least you're hoping in a direction. But you don't have any, anything to base it on. There's no substance to your hope. Faith gives substance to hope. If I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to pay my bills, all I have is a positive attitude. But if I've got scripture that says, my God shall supply all my needs, now my hope has substance called faith. You guys are quick learners out here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen and the conviction of their reality. Let me see verse 6. Hebrews eleven six. 6. But without faith, not it's difficult to please God. It is impossible to please God. But let's flip it around. Say this out loud. Faith pleases God. Faith God. Whatever The Bible says in the book of Romans, whatever is not of faith is sin. But anything that's born of faith pleases God. When you're doing things out of a belief in God's word, it gives God pleasure about your life. That church we're starting in Fort Worth, that's born out of faith. The Lord told me on a Friday, announce you're starting a church in Fort Worth. You announce we're going to start a church October 1st in this city. You have people come up excited. Where's the building? No idea. (laughs) How are you going to do it? I also don't know that. I'm just saying what I said, but it showed faith. Then that building, that beautiful church comes right into our possession. Same thing happened in Pittsburgh because faith produces fruit of the spirit. When you get in this faith walk, God's not going to let you just walk around sounding and looking like a dummy. You might in the beginning, when you're 90 years old, telling people you're going to have a son by your 80-year-old wife. People have the opportunity to laugh. But when it's all said and done, you're holding Isaac in your arms. And the people that laugh have to say, surely the Lord has done great things. Let me say something while I'm a little wound up. You can keep the scripture on. As nice as that jellyfish is at. Keep the word up. <laughs> Anybody remember when Germany was divided into East Germany and West Germany? And East Germany was communist. You know what I heard Kenneth Hagen say on a, on, on a meeting in the 80s? He said, if we can get the book that I just wrote called The Authority of the Believer behind the Iron Curtain into East Germany, that wall will fall within 10 years. And they did, and it did. I heard my uncle Ted at the end of 2019 say, the Lord told me that faith is at its lowest point in America that it's been since you've been in the ministry. That's what the Lord told him. And that's what, then you have this COVID thing come. And all these faith churches. One thing if, it, you know, some place that doesn't believe in healing, you got people their whole life, how many know Jesus is bigger than any disease? I All these guys. How many believe the day will come where the hospitals will be full and they'll have to bring the people to church to get prayed for? Not your church. You were home behind a bolted door with a mask strapped to your face. Turns out you were full of crap for 50. Anybody can talk it. But what about when it comes time to make the move? There's not just the believing and the speaking. There's the action of faith that separates the men from the boys. Can you say amen? faith at its lowest point. There's no doubt in my mind that the low point of faith, I got a book out there called Dominion Over Sickness and Disease. It was published in December of 2019, leading right I could feel it. I was going to full gospel churches, assemblies of God, uh, whatever denomination you want, word of faith. You could tell. Yeah, on the website, it says we believe in healing. But you could tell. People, people didn't believe it. People weren't speaking on it. People were saying stuff they never used to say. I could feel it and that's why I wrote that book. This, this is something that needs to be dealt with. And it turns out there was a weakness. When faith gets low in a country, who had it worse during the lockdowns? America or Canada? Canada, by far. Who preaches faith in Canada? Who has an international ministry that preaches faith? Yeah, somebody said my sister. And she doesn't count, she came in from America. Yeah. So what happens? What about Australia? Where's the Where's the faith being preached? Just good music and plenty of wine and booze after the meeting. No faith. What about Africa? Africa's got faith. They tell the churches to shut down, enforced by military lockdown. And I watch Bishop David Oyedepo stand up and say, this church is now declared open. And the next time this church will close is for the rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they started 1,000 churches during the military lockdown. Somebody shout faith. Now you get that substance. Everybody say substance. substance. I'm not talking about faith that you check on a census form, Protestant, Catholic, or other. I'm talking about living faith that's drawn from the living word of God and produces living proof in real life. Somebody say faith. Faith. Oh, yeah. Faith will stir you up to do strange things. You'll get quickened. Ben, do you have the video from Louisiana? That guy that was in the meeting in Ruston, Louisiana, that went home and prayed for his mother. I flew him up to Pittsburgh to tell the testimony. That's a good answer. (laughs) I'll just tell it. Hopefully you'll believe me. I have it on video because some people don't believe you. So we're having a meeting like this. Everybody say faith. faith. What does faith do? This guy comes up to me after. And he goes, my mom is not even able to eat. See if you can find it because it, it actually is worth playing. He said, my mom's not able to eat. She's dying. She had cancer. You know, when you have cancer, basically you die of malnutrition. You can't keep food down anymore. So he's like, my mom was, couldn't even hold down water. We tried to get her to drink some water and she vomited up. It looked like she's going to die that week. But what happened? At the end of the meeting, he said, can you pray? Well I, go and just, well, I wish my mom could have heard this five years ago. But it's, no, faith gets you pointed in the other direction. He was hoping maybe something could happen to his mom. But now he's hearing the word. I think this we can get this ship turned around. Will you pray with me? Somebody say the prayer of agreement. God gave that. Sometimes you need that. You know, when you've been through the ringer, when you've been in the ICU with somebody for 10 days. And having to stare at those charts and the reports, it'll beat you down on the inside. So God sends somebody like me from the outside to encourage your faith. Some people, the only person you're going to have say anything positive to you about what you're believing for between now and tomorrow night's me. Your family doesn't believe, your friends don't believe, they think you're nuts for coming here. So people need their faith encouraged, not discouraged. So he said, would you pray with me? Well, I prayed. I don't believe in the the kind of prayers I grew up with. Lord, we're just touch her today. No, we have to do it. God, God desires partnership with men. You will lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover. I grabbed his hands, big worker. And I said, when you place these hands on your mother, I command the cancer to shoot out of her body. In Jesus' name. Well, something got in him. Because he didn't say, well, the next time I see her, I'm going to pray. He had to work in the morning. And he drove an hour and some to the meeting, maybe two hours to the meeting. He drove two hours to the hospital. He'll tell the testimony if, if uh, Ben can find it, spur of the moment. He said, somebody, though the hospital is locked, the door was propped open on the side of the building. So he got in. He said, I went straight in. And I knew this was faith because faith doesn't do hospital visits. Faith comes in. And I've had to tell people before. You know, I come in, they turn the light on. I said, keep the light off. I'm just here to pray. I'm not here to visit at 2 in the morning. He said, I walked right in. I prayed for her, Prayed. I said, in the name of Jesus, I cursed this cancer and I left. And he said, my brother went to go visit her the next day and called me. He said, mom was eating. She ate a, a chocolate cake, a glass of milk, and I can't remember what the other thing was. And they signed her out of the hospital. No sign of cancer. All cancer gone. Because faith... When it comes alive in your heart, it'll take somebody that's on the verge of despair, and all of a sudden, something starts rising up. Uh, My God has made a way where there is no way. The devil's not going to write the end of this story. Me and Jesus are going to write the end of this story. Roll it. Good job, Benny. Tell everybody your name, where you're from. And and what transpired?
2: Amen. I'm, my name is Bo Johnson. I'm from uh, Cal- I live in Calvin, Louisiana. I, I'm a pastor in a church. Me and another brother, we take turns preaching on Sundays. But I had act- actually had been suffering an attack in my ministry because I believe what he believes that God Pause can heal and God can do anything. Well, my mother catch that little part.
1: Me and another guy, pastor to the church, and take turns preaching. I've been suffering an attack in my ministry because I believe in healing. You don't have to make up your mind what side you're on. I love Pastor Rodney's ministry. Oh yeah, I've never seen you at one meeting. So how much do you love it? Well, you know why? They're like the Pharisees that come to Jesus at night. Like Nicodemus. Because you'd get kicked out of the temple if they knew you believed in the anointing. Oh, I love I love Pastor Rodney. I love, I love um, you know, the name whoever. They never come to any meetings. People tell me, I love your ministry. Yeah, I've been preaching 21 years. Never seen you. You, you know, you don't live in Botswana. You live in the... One town over. (laughs) Because there's a persecution for believing in faith, in wonder working faith. Yeah. You want to know why there's persecution? Because the devil has no strategy to stop the person that has faith. All he can do is discourage it, mock you and persecute you till you lay it down on your own and say no I'm going back to a safer form of Christianity that the world's okay with where we talk about being kind and nice and good citizens and taking care of the earth but when you start getting in that I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever I believe the power of death and life is in the tongue I believe the believer can speak to any mountain and tell it to move then the devil all hell will break loose but you better make up your mind I'm not backing up I'm going forward cast not away your confidence hold fast your confession of faith go ahead play it from the beginning turn it up a little bit you got to make up your mind yeah, tell
2: everybody your name where you're from and and what transpired amen I'm, my name is Bo Johnson I'm from uh, Cal- I live in Cavalloozie and I'm a pastor in a church me and another brother we take turns preaching on Sundays. But I had actually had been suffering an attack in my ministry because I believe what he believes that God can heal and God can do anything. Well, my mother was diagnosed with cancer a little over a week ago in her kidneys. Where was the cancer in her kidneys? Kidneys. And uh, I mean, she was bad. She got to where she go, eat a grape, maybe drink some juice and throw up. That's how bad it was. And brother Jonathan, I just I appreciate you, brother, because you care. I carry a heart of gold. And as I spoke to him, he, he just spoke a me and I said, but the real reason I came here tonight was my mother has cancer and I'm a, I am aii do not want to see her die. And he just put everything down and said, come here. He prayed for me. And as he prayed at the end of the prayer, he said, these hands that I'm holding in my hands, if you'll leave and go pray, put those hands on your mother, she'll rise and she'll be healed. And listen, I left out of here happy that he said that. And then I got to the car, and my wife is back there, and I called her and told her what she said. She said, are you leaving now? I said, I think I will. So at 1230, hmm. Sunday night, I show up at Cabrini Hospital in Alexandria, Louisiana from here. Which I, is how far? Oh, gosh, two hours. <laughs> I went straight there, and I, I drove. And listen, I got there, and I said, how am I going to get in? They're not going to let me in, because you know how funny they are now. And we had been coming in on the side door. Well, I just happened to look. There's another door, and somebody had put a piece of something propped prop that door open I went right in <laughs> I went right in I went up there and I'd already called my brother and told him I was coming and I walked in the door I said mom I come here with a prayer the evangelist told me to pray and tut- my, put my hands on you and you're going to be healed I pulled everything back and I laid my hands on her kidneys just like he said I prayed and I walked out the door believing I didn't stay five minutes I told mom I'll see you tomorrow I got to go to work I left the next morning my brother called hey mama's eating Mama's eating. <laughs> T- today, today, she ate chicken. Wait, wait, there's more. <laughs> today, she ate chicken, she ate cake, she drunk milk, positive, I mean, she done everything. <laughs> That's the most
1: Pentecostal meal. Chicken, milk, and chocolate cake. <laughs> That's how you know if you're Pentecostal, if you drink milk as a beverage. I love chicken. What would you like for a side? We have salad, broccoli, um, cake. (laughs) Continue.
2: They ordered 15 tests today trying to find the cancer. They can't find it.
1: Somebody say what faith can do. That's what faith do. Faith will turn the whole ship around. I said faith will turn the whole ship around. That might not be cancer, but whatever you came in here with, addiction, something that's supposed to be permanent, something that the devil sent from hell that when it's done, it's to leave you dead and your family destroyed. I'm telling you the faith that's being preached out of the word of God right now is turning that ship around. God's not going to have you come here for no reason. You're not leaving like you came. You're leaving here free. You're leaving here healed. You're leaving here delivered. The devil's not going to write the last chapter of your family. You and God are going to hook up tonight, and it's going to turn. I see everything turning around. I see everything turning around for your good. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. You got that other video ready, Ben? Where's he at? Sounds like Waldo. Do you have it ready, though? Okay, let me read this first. Uh, From my borrowed Bible. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Somebody say this. I receive... What I, what I ask. You know who said that? This guy I consider an expert in the Christian faith. His name's Jesus. <laughs> How many know when we pray? Sometimes we God says yes, sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes we want things our way, but God has a different plan. What scripture is that? You made that up. It's getting quiet. Go to Isaiah 38. I'll prove my case. In a court of law. Isaiah 38. I don't quote Christian cliches and Caleb's sayings. I quote the Bible. Isaiah 38. Sometimes we have to understand God has a different plan. About that time, Isaiah 38.1. By the way, that, sometimes we have to understand God has a different plan. God's will is in his word. If you've been here in the morning times, what's been our text every morning? Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he doesn't. He doesn't change his mind. If he spoke something, he brings it to pass. If he said it, he carries it through. If he told you something, you should grab this book like I did when I was six and read it like God wrote it just to you and cut out all the whatever else you heard that's opposite the Bible. That's right. Well, I've always believed. I don't care what you've always believed if you can't back it from Scripture. Now, if you have something from the Bible, and you have something to say, then let's talk doctrine. But, you well, know, I used to believe that when I was your age. See, people can't really say it to me anymore. When I started preaching healing in my 20s, I'd always have some, I'm sure you dealt with it all the time too, some guy in their 60s or 70s. I remember when I was your age. I used to believe like that and preach like that, but you'll find as you get older. And I made up my mind. I want you know the Bible says not to rebuke an elder, but I'd leave lunch sometimes and tell the Lord, Whatever turned him into a dried-up loser that feels the need to knock faith, may it never find its way into my spirit. In fact, I pray in my 20s. The faith that I have, I'll put to shame when I get older. And by the grace of God, I'm telling you, I'm more on fire today than I was yesterday. If Jesus tarries, I'll be more on fire in my 60s than I was in my 40s. I'll be more on fire in my 80s than I was in my 60s. Because I'm not going to run out. I'm going to get filled anew and afresh with the anointing and do what God's called me to do. Somebody say, I'm not, I'm not backing off. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. Isaiah 38.1. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you're going to die. You will not recover from this illness. Who gave Isaiah that message? The Lord. When God tells you you're going to die, you're a dead man. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I've always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept. Then this message came to Isaiah. He's not even out of the parking garage yet. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. That's a word for somebody here tonight. God has heard your prayer. You saw that guy from Louisiana. That wasn't some flippant request. He's a big old Louisiana boy crying. I don't want my mom to die. I want her to live. We don't serve a prayer listening to God. We serve a prayer answering God. Who said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find and knock. And the door shall be open unto you. For everybody that asks, receives. Everybody that seeks, finds. And to everyone that knocks, the door is open. How do you read that? Jesus said that. How do you read that and tell a group of people? Sometimes God says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says wait. You're a liar. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's what the Bible means when it says, study to show yourself approved, a labor that needeth not be ashamed. Amen. Yeah, because you preach that crap and put it on Facebook Live and maybe nobody in your congregation notices. But people like my dad, and my Uncle Ted and me and Pastor Rodney, different preachers scrolling through Facebook, go, who's this idiot? Yeah, that's why no doors open. God doesn't. God hasn't anointed anybody to go around to discourage people's faith. He anoints people to encourage people's faith. I didn't come to Oregon to say, shame on Oregon. Look at all the weak. No, I came to Oregon to say, there's enough firepower in this room that if you'll get full of the faith of God tonight, the devil won't know what hit him from September through December. It's not going to be ups and downs. It's going to be victory after victory. Glory to glory, strength to strength. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. it. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. it. Somebody say, "I I have faith. Say, I don't have unbelief. Say, I believe God. It'll be as he said. Now lift your hands and begin to thank God that something's turning around right now. Something is turning around right now. Right now, God will do a miracle for you. Now I will add 15 years to your life. Hey, let me get, um, let me get that DeMario, uh, Brother DeMario from the New Orleans Saints, let me get his sermon. Got people preaching better faith on the NFL network than you have in pulpits. I like that guy a lot. Faith's coming alive in America. I'll add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you in this city from the king of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. And this is the sign from the Lord to prove that he'll do. So here, I'll move the sundial backwards. So you have, all he asked for was to not die. God said, all right, 15 years, plus I'll give you victory over your enemies. And I'll move the sundial shadow backwards to prove it. When you turn faithless, it's your gateway into the supernatural. You'll not only get what you're believing for, like that guy when his mom got healed, when I flew him up to Pittsburgh to share the testimony, he started telling me what was starting to take off in his ministry. When you turn faith loose, it's like an atom bomb. It'll start affecting everything. Just like when you're in unbelief, everything starts drying up. Everything. But when you turn faith on, it's like a spring in the desert. Stuff starts to grow again. Things that have died start coming back around. I'm telling you, you are going to have a radically different September, October, November, and December than any four months you've ever had. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Someone say, I have faith. faith. Remember I said I preached that sermon, smartest prostitute that ever lived? You want to know something else about faith? Rahab, who's listed in 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 the list called the Hall of Faith, like the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11. She not only was a prostitute, she was a pagan prostitute. She was a pagan's pagan. She was a pagan that other pagans said, she's not a good lady. And in the Old Testament, pagans, Gentiles, had no right to get anything from God. Say this out loud. When my faith says yes, when my faith says yes God, will say no. God will not say no. Oh, yeah. Hezekiah's going to die. I don't want to die. All right, give him 50 more years. God's so attracted to faith. Yeah. Now, the word of the Lord came out. Where did Rahab live? What city? Jericho. Jericho. And her house was built into the side of the wall, the Bible says. And when Caleb and Joshua came in and stayed in her little shanty, built into the side of the wall, Rahab said, let me tell you people something. I know that you serve the one true God. And I, get a, I got a feeling in my bones that what you're carrying is going to level this city. Do me a favor. Since I've not informed on you and turned you in, save me and my family. Had God already said that everyone in that city was going to die? And the walls were going to be leveled and her house was built into the wall. But she made a request by faith. I believe your God's real. Do me a favor. Now think of the faith. Not just I believe he's real. I believe not only is your God real, I believe he'll do something for me. You know God likes doing something for you. Maybe that's maybe, like the only thing you got to cover. Who, who taught people that God like has to be talked into blessing you? God actually enjoys yes, he does. Yes, he does. Matthew 7, 11, If you fathers being evil, Jesus said, if you fathers who are evil, Al Capone gave his son very nice gifts. If you fathers who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father yeah. meet the needs? no give good gifts to all who ask. So what does religion try to do? Religion tries to make you feel shame for asking. Do you need all that? Is that a need or a want? It won't make any difference. I don't need a plane to go from Pittsburgh to Fort Worth. I could use a bicycle or a megabus for a dollar ticket, but God doesn't have those jets for child pornographers and Jeffrey Epstein to molest children on. Those jets are sitting there for anybody that wants to put a claim on it and say, God, I want an extra two days with my family every week. Do a miracle for me. Here you go, son. God likes to bless his children. And I tell you tonight, God has a blessing with your name on it in Jesus name. Somebody say, I got a blessing. Say, it's my season to be blessed. Now lift your hands and begin to thank God. He's got a blessing. Put a claim in on it. Put a claim in by faith. I take my blessing. Somebody say, I take it. Say it convincingly. I take it now. So there's there's Rahab. That God was never going to do anything for. She put a demand. Isaiah God was going to do the earth. Hezekiah God was going to do the opposite. And he put a claim in. I don't want to die. I want to live. When your faith says yes. God will never say no. I'm just praying. But then at the same time. Sometimes I wonder. You got a problem. James 1. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. How much doubting? Okay, now that we've dealt with the positive that your faith will turn things in your direction, even to the point that if God was going to do something else, he'll honor your faith. Let's go in the other direction. Let him ask in faith and try to keep doubt to a minimum. Doubting nothing. That's what the old teaching on faith the size of a mustard seed is. It wasn't Jesus going, you know, yelling, need a little, don't worry about it. No, it's that you think you need more faith. But faith in its purest form, if you remove it from unbelief, a grain of a mustard seed carries enough power to move the mountain. So it's as important to get faith as it is to go to war against unbelief. I don't want to sound like a nut, but for some people I already do. So might as well just go all in. You know, my, my daughter, when she was younger, you saw her up on the platform there holding the mic. When she was three and would watch certain shows on PBS Kids, and uh, you know, you sound crazy like some radical conservative, but I'm telling you, I was upstairs in the loft playing video games, and the stuff I heard coming down there, everything is covered in germs. Ask your parents about getting vaccines, because you're exposed to germs every day and get sick. I said, Camila, shut that off right now. I don't want this idiot from PBS talking sickness in my house. Getting you worried about sickness. I'll tell you, and it must come from the commercials. I was walking with Camila last year. I remember it was clear as day. We're walking, having a good time, and she goes, Dad, what's cancer? I got ready to explain to her what cancer is, and something shot out of my spirit. I said, don't worry about it. You'll never have it. I will take all sickness and all disease out of your midst. Not I'll heal you when you get sick. I will take sickness and disease out of your midst. The last bout with sickness that you ever had will be the last bout that you ever have by the efficacy of the blood of Jesus and the power of the Word of God. But let him who asks, ask in faith, Doubting nothing, if it be thy will. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody say, if. if. The, language the language of unbelief. So I preached on that on Wednesday. This was last year, and then we went on vacation the next week. So I'm in Arizona, and I said to Adolis. Camila's in the back seat. We just finished Wednesday night service. After preaching that, because adults, even me, you preach it, and then you go back to American mode. I said, Adalas, wouldn't it be great? If one day, instead of staying at hotels or renting Airbnb, if God gave us a home in Arizona? And a Camila from her, like her iPad didn't even look up. She went, if the language of unbelief. Because I said, wouldn't it be great if? So to test her, I said, well, what should I say instead? Without looking up, she goes, if I were you, I'd just say, thank you, God, for a home in Arizona. I said that sounds right that's called childlike faith because religion and adults haven't beat out of you a heart that believes in God but I pray tonight everybody that's had their faith kicked in and dead something's coming alive on the inside of you to take ground go ahead take 30 seconds and let it rip let it rip let the redeemed of the Lord say so I believe God. I believe God. Somebody shout amen like thunder. You know what? I'm going to do the hardest thing it is for me to do. I'm going to quit and pray for people. Now, I don't want any I just want direction from the stage because I'm terrible with spatial relations on lining people up. So no rebukes. People know not to talk. Just get people lined up as fast as possible. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Why am I going to lay hands on you? Because you received it. You can feel the thing here. i got plenty more. I could go another two hours, no problem. But the preaching has come alive in your spirit. Now there's a second thing. The Bible says, Paul told Timothy... I see now, 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, I see now that the faith that was in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice now resides in you. Say this out loud. I have faith faith. and I can pass down faith. Oh yeah, you saw my little kid jumping up and down in the corner listening to that guy's testimony. I'm passing it down. Some of you got alcoholism passed down to you or anger or depression but that ends with you your children are never going to have to fight a battle that you had to fight because you're clearing it out tonight and you're going to pass down good things now fan into flames did you get your bible back i don't want to see him on judge judy later I'm the defendant your honor I thought it was a gift somebody say stir up, the gift. stir up the gift Paul told Timothy stir up the gift that came on the inside of you when I laid my hands on you somebody say imparted faith imparted. oh yeah a minister has the ability to take something that God gave them freely by his grace and freely give it to you don't pay for it the only price is hunger Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. Some of you, all you heard your whole life growing up is unbelief. Just like that teacher was sent to tell me, Hey, you watch when you get older. That's what you heard. One day you're going to be paying the bills. you have to heat this place. Always telling you like life's going to be hard. God didn't make life to be a burden. God created life to be a blessing. But you're going to say different things in your home. You're going to tell your child you're a blessing. See this house we're living in? You'll have a bigger house than this when you're younger because God's going to take care of of you your whole life. In Jesus' name. Your kids are going to have a a different outlook. They're going to be Joshua's and Caleb's. We are able to go in at once and take the country to possess it from Jordan to the sea. Yes, though, though though there are giants in the land, if the Lord is with us, they're merely bread for us. We're going to take them out. Somebody say, I'm taking out giants. How do you take them out? By physical combat? Say, I'm taking them out by faith. That's right. That's what faith will do. Faith will level the opposition. Faith will flatten the walls of Jericho. Everything that stood in your way before tonight, it's fallen flat in front of your face. You're going to walk forward unencumbered in Jesus' mighty name. If you receive that, clap your hands one more time. Come on, give Jesus the highest praise. Give him the highest praise. For he's worthy. I see your captivity being
3: turned around.
1: If a church has faith, like you can feel in this one, We need to shut our church down. People could get sick. People don't get sick in these meetings. People get healed in these meetings. Then their moms who aren't in the meeting get healed off the residue of what's in the meeting. I would like to say good luck to anything from hell surviving the next 15 minutes in your life. You're coming out of here free, you're coming out of here healed. You're exchanging your depression for joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. This lady in the Spamoni-colored sweater, step right out into the aisle. Lift your hands right there. Close both eyes. As you do the power of God that's on you, God's not only touching your body, God's not only giving you joy, God's going to where you live and changing the atmosphere there. There's going to be angels that minister to you tonight when you go to sleep. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. This guy in the Volcom shirt, lift both your hands up even higher. As you do the power of God. You can right there. Just lift your hands up. Close both eyes. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. Be filled. That's it. Go right three, The gift of faith. Take it in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say this. Faith is a gift of the Spirit. Spirit. I receive it. it. Faith's not a philosophy. It's not a belief system. It's a spiritual force birthed by the Holy Ghost. It'll cause you to look at a nine foot six inch giant and start laughing. (laughs) Laugh in the face of adversity. Laugh in the face of overwhelming defeat with the confidence that if the Lord's with me I cannot be defeated and I will not give up and quit say it out loud he who began a good work in me shall bring it to completion say I refuse to cast away my confident hope in the Lord say I got a faith say I got too much faith I got more than enough faith. Say, I have plenty of faith. And when that runs out, I got plenty more. Say, I have an inexhaustible supply. Because I have it from the Word. And it'll never run dry. And I'll go ahead and lift both hands and begin to thank God. Go ahead, somebody give some instruction quickly. Let's get people lined up as quick as possible.
3: go ahead and grab your stuff that's in front of you right now and those of you that are able men to help out help out the ushers we're just going to start checking stacking the chairs all the way in the back just start stacking them off to the side stack them wherever you can quickly as you can if you're able to actually pick up a chair and move it come on men expeditiously
1: Nobody in this room will touch drugs again. If you pick it up, you won't want it. You'll toss it out.
3: Come on, quickly, quickly. And then I need I need a couple of ushers, head ushers. Where's my head ushers at? Come up here and start lining people up in the front right now, quickly.
1: God's touching people even right now, right in your body, right in your spirit. The fire's falling in
3: this room. I feel it, feel it in my bones. Don't stand behind somebody. If you're standing directly behind somebody, you're in the wrong spot. Listen to the ushers. They, listen, listen to the ushers. They're going to line you up. Fibroid tumors have already dissolved.
1: You'll never have that pain again faith brings the victory this is the
3: victory that overcomes the world if even our faith listen if you're in a chair i need you to get out of the chair i need you to move if you have to if you have a place if you have to have a seat there's a seat out someplace else or you can stand up or have somebody move the seat in a line so we can get prayed for but i don't want you just randomly sitting anywhere do what the usher tells you to do. If you're standing like within one foot from behind somebody else, you're standing in the wrong spot. Somebody falls out, we don't want them falling on you. If we are in Africa, we wouldn't care ushers quickly quickly get people lined up you got a mess right over here ushers right over here you got a mess get people lined up now is not the time to be greeting people now is not the time to be reading the reader's digest right now is the time to get your hands raised to get hungry for god press into what god has don't sit there and look around you don't want to be looking around right now you just get in a position to receive posture yourself to receive right now posture yourself to receive
1: i'm going to tell you as you're lining up what imparted faith does but you got faith by the word now this is called imparted faith what does it do the grace that's in one flows into another by the laying on of hands you might have not had a dad like mine or a mom like mine that taught you faith. But the laying on of hands is going to catch you up. That now, this kind of faith that looks the devil in the eye and says, who do you think you are? I loose it into you by the laying on of hands. Everything you're looking to receive, you receive by faith. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, as I lay hands on these that are here, I loose that faith that is born of the Holy Ghost. I loose it into every young person the victory that overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I loose that now by the laying on of hands in Jesus' name. Lift your hands. Ushers, come quickly. When I lay hands on you, I loose the fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. The gift of faith in Jesus' name. In the name. That's it, go right through you. In Jesus' name. In the name of never the same, Never the same, Wonder working faith. Wonder working faith. Oh,
0: yeah. Amen, 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 amen. It is so. It is so. Amen, 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 amen. It is so. If you're filled with the Spirit, begin to pray in the Spirit. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. so. Jesus, it, is so. it is so. Amen, 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 amen. It is so.
2: It is so.
0: He has saved overcoming us. Face. He has redeemed us. And overcoming. he will hear us overcoming when we call. And with affliction come on the righteous. He will deliver us, us out In of the world. Hey. It is so. I Yes, 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 we God say, yes, oh
1: yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, 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 We
1: For faith, it so thank you for important faith in Jesus' name. In the name, in my faith name. is in Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Faith
0: is in Jesus. Thank you. Yes thank you. and, and amen. Right in Jesus' name. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Yes In the name. In the name. In the name. Yes, of Jesus. Day, day. In the name. Let's yes, oh, go right through. All the promises of God. Hey. Hey. I've got faith. Oh, yeah. Never the same. Hey.
4: Victorious
0: faith. Overcoming faith. Everybody in say in it is. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Every promise of God is, is. true. It is. The right it is. The it is. The Everybody say, yeah i it is, gonna say, Yeet 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 it
1: Thank you for faith that overcomes the world. Thank you for new beginnings. Thank you for fresh start. Thank you for victory. Thank you for overwhelming victory. In Jesus' name. In the name. In the name of Jesus. In the name. In
4: Jesus'
1: name. In
3: the name. In the
1: name. In the
3: name. In the name of Jesus, thank you for victory. Thank you for
1: healing. Thank you for power. In Jesus' name. In the name. In the name. In the name. Sing. Sing. I Thank you for
0: strength. Hallelujah. In the name. In the name of Jesus. That we might be come. His righteousness. His you, fresh, well, so fresh, you, fresh faith, fresh fire. His body was broken
2: Thank you, Lord. Thank
0: you, Lord. Fresh rain. So the land that's not away. The story is from your word. Thank you, Lord. The land that was slain that day rose in victory. Sin has lost its
4: grip
0: on me. Hallelujah. He's alive. Give me a reason today, hallelujah, give me a reason today. I'm dancing out of my gray clothes, when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. Morning's here and I'm grateful for the Savior God up in victory. I'm dancing out of my gray clothes, when the sun is set free, is free indeed. You, Morning's here, and I'm grateful, you, grateful for the Savior God of the I'm dancing out of my rainbow. Oh. Hey, who the sunset?
1: three people that would wait after. Say, can I just have prayer? You missed it. Somebody say, I got it. it. Say, I have more than what I need. Now, there's people in this congregation that the Lord gave you an action to do like he gave that guy. It's not to come up and get something from me. Go home and lay your anointed hands where it needs laid. Go lay on your son's bed who's not at home. Get the anointing in your house anoint something with oil it is time to put notice on the devil enough is enough you're not having my family somebody say my house belongs to God say as for me and my house we're serving the Lord and I I want to tell you this because people get overwhelmed Jonathan, look at how things are going in America. Look at how things are going in the Pacific Northwest. Well, I'm doing everything I can. You're doing everything you can. But I'm making up my mind. Whatever happens out there, my house is in covenant with God. So don't get discouraged about everything you can't control. Make up your mind. My family is in covenant with God. Sundays we're in church. We pray. We read the Bible. We believe God. We serve God in this house. And if you got the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your home, you can be in Egypt, and Egypt can't be in your house. Can you say amen? amen? Your son is coming home now. Your daughter is coming home now. The thing they told you you'll need treatment for for the rest of your life, when you go back, they'll tell you to never come back again. Lift your hands one more time. You'll never be depressed again. Joy unspeakable.
2: Joy
1: unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. And full of glory. 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 In Jesus' name we pray in Jesus name we've given thanks in Jesus name we've worshipped thank you for a debt free church in Pittsburgh built cash thank you for a debt free church in Fort Worth built cash with no loans thank you for open doors thank you for the businesses that are represented here expanding and increasing by the grace of God thank you for answered prayer in Jesus name Everybody said, amen. amen. Say this out loud. Increase, increase. Belongs, to belongs to me. The kingdom of God's built on increase. Jesus said, First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. It's impossible for things that are, not born, that are born of God to not grow. Say, I've, I've been born of God. I have an intelligent mind, an intelligent mind. I have a strong body, I have, have self control. And I have power in my spirit that can't be overcome. Say it so your own spirit can hear it. I'm too loaded to fail. Say, I have the word. I got the blood. I got the fire. Say, somebody tell me how I can lose. The greater one lives in me and because he lives i can live also in jesus name clap your hands one more time to the lord come on give god a mighty hand clap in oregon i've meant i've meant to get into this for half the week but i only have Uh, Friday left so who knows whether I will so I will now somebody say perpetual victory Yeah, not only can God like he did tonight put an end to your sorrow Things will start flowing in the other direction God won't only just get you out of the pit you were in He'll keep forward acceleration. So most people let me tell you what faith what faith believes and what faith receives Somebody say no more ups and downs Does the Bible promise you a life full of mountains and valleys? No. I will make you the head. And how many times the tail? Never. I'll put you on top. How many times at the bottom? From glory to glory. Victory to victory. From strength to strength. That's what the Bible promises always the head never the tail lift both hands all over this room so i prophesy on the authority of those scriptures the last defeat that you ever saw will be the last defeat you ever see the last battle you ever lost will be the last battle you ever lose in this family we don't lose we are born of God. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. So, what, I don't know you going to say amen. I'm going to say congratulations in advance. On the best closeout to a year that you've ever had. Congratulations in advance. There's many people here and there's many people watching online. You'll have the greatest testimony you've ever had. And before you get a chance to properly celebrate it, two more will break loose. Because this is the hour of the people of God. Amos 9.13 The day will come, says the Lord, where the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed i the lord will hasten it somebody say supernatural Supernatural. Acceleration. acceleration i've wasted so many years yeah and god will give you an acceleration to make up for the lost years i'll restore to you the years that the locust and canker were made amen say it so your own spirit can hear it i'm not trying to get the victory I have the victory. The devil's going to check for you under his bed before he goes to sleep tonight. You don't run from devils. Devils flee from you. And what you're feeling is you carry something called the overflow. Which means tomorrow when you go to work or school, what's on you is going to get on other people. And Oregon is going to get taken by the people of God. Amen. So rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has given you the victory. One more time, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. Faith has a shout. Faith has joy. name. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm more than a conqueror. Through Jesus my Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Everything that we preach tonight is predicated. Faith is predicated on whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that over comes the world, even our faith. You can't have faith outside of redemption. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we have the same spirit of faith the psalmist had, who said, I believe God and so I speak. So faith is born of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost won't reside in unclean vessels. That's why sin jerks with your faith. If you go to enter into prayer, put a claim in, your conscience will say, you can't really do that. You're not living right why not close out this service by getting rid of the thing the devil meant to get rid of you you can put sin to death Romans 6 1 to 14 sin shall not have dominion over you sin robs man of its dominion turns man into a groveler don't pray right I've done so many things wrong I just pray the Lord forgive that's not dominion that's somebody that's grappling with something that they should have dominion over. But today, you can get rid of sin right now instead of sin getting rid of you. Even if you're watching on the replay on YouTube or wherever you're watching, you can join in this. If you're here in this great assembly and you say, Jonathan, I've allowed something the Bible calls sin to become a part of my lifestyle, but I'm leaving here with total victory. I'm going to lay my head on my pillow tonight And no, I have peace with God. Oh, the joy of those whose sins are forgiven, whose record of iniquity is canceled out, never to be remembered again. I can't make you do that. God can't make you do it. The devil can't keep you from doing it. It's up to you. God's voted for you. Satan's voted against you. You cast the deciding ballot. If you say, Jonathan, I need to make things right with God. I'm not putting it off one more hour. I'm leaving this place free. I want you to put your hand up high, and we're going to pray right now. Very quick. Oh, that's a lot. That's awesome. See, that's what faith does. Everyone that lifted hand, come and join me. As close to the furnace as again, just right in this area. Pack right in, like a mosh pit. In Jesus name. That's awesome. So awesome. Come as close as you can. Jesus. Come as close as you can. Man, that is great. Well, we've had a full service. Lift both hands to the Lord. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Say it unashamed. Say it strongly from the inside of you. Say, Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to turn my back on sin. I repent I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness. By the blood of Jesus, I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.